the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. Well, you know the story. David's just tending some sheep when his dad sends him off to check on his brothers who are supposed to be out at war. I guess they were... It was a close-by war, so he went to bring him some bread and cheese and stuff, check on his brothers, and he gets there, and the whole army of Israel's hiding out behind the rocks and the boulders, and they're afraid of this one giant. Now, they're, on, they're perched on one mountainside, and the Philistine army's perched on the other, and there's a, a valley in between, but they've got this one giant over there. He's nine foot tall. That's pretty tall. <laughs> I mean, that's why they call him a giant. He's nine foot tall, and he's a man of war, and he's just intimidating. And I mean, he's, he's got the whole Israeli army in fear. They're cowered down. Now, these are the warriors now. They didn't send the I'm not talking about the women and children out there cowering. This, these are the ones who are supposed to be the, the bravest of the brave, and they're out there, and they're cowered down behind uh, and, and scared of Goliath. And here comes this little boy named David, little shepherd boy. He says, what's going on? They said, well, there's a giant over there. What do you think's going on? King said, if somebody's willing to go out there and can whoop him, then he can marry the king's daughter. And he don't have to pay taxes forever. Now, that would be some inspiration right there, wouldn't it? Had to pay any more taxes. <laughs> Makes me want to go right now. And so... David's like, yeah, well, let's go get him. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that's defying the armies of the living God? Have you guys forgotten who you are, you know? This little boy is having to tell all these grown men. And his brothers say, David, did you just come here to get in trouble? What are you over here? You ain't got no business over here. You ain't old enough to be in the army yet. Why don't you go home? You're just trying to talk big. David said, what have I ever done, done to you? I'm only trying to do what you should be doing right now is encourage one another that we should take this guy out. He's coming against God. He's coming against God's people. And you're just sitting there, you know, David didn't say all that, but he wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> and so he asked another group, what, what do you get if you, you take this guy out? Well, you can marry one of the king's daughters and you don't have to pay any taxes. He's like, I'm ready to go. And the, and the king Saul, he's he's behind, you know, in the tents over there. He's he's not so brave himself. He hears about David out there talking big, and he says, bring the boy to me. And he's probably going to try to shut him up. But David begins to tell him, listen, king, you know, I, I know I'm just a shepherd boy, but when I'm out there in the field, there's been a lion, there's been a bear. They've come to try to steal my sheep, and I don't let them have it. Well, in fact, I do let them have it. When they try to get my sheep, I grab them by the jaw and I hit them with a club, knock them out. And God has delivered me, me from the bear and from the lion. And God will deliver us from this uncircumcised Philistine. And uncircumcised means that he hadn't cut off the ways of the world, pretty much, you know, in, the, in their understanding. And it's funny that this little boy is the only one who understands God's that God is for them. And it's almost like that today. you got a whole church in America, pretty much. They're all just what they can do in their own natural strength. They've got their little armor on, you know, but then if something big happens, oh, we're, we're not going to tackle that issue. And they're, they're hiding. An American church is hiding today behind the pews. And they're not taking their place. And they're not coming against those who are defying the armies of the living God. They're just hiding out. Well, no, you know, because they're looking at themselves. They still got saying the same thing that they said when they got delivered out of Egypt. We were grasshoppers in their sight. This guy's too big. The odds are against us. We can't do it. We can't do it. But we forget all things are possible to him that believes. And all of us can quote that. 
But which one of us is coming out from behind our pew and saying, well, let's go after him. Let's get it. Send me. Here I am, Lord. It says the eyes of the Lord search to and fro. Who will go for me? Isaiah said in Isaiah, what, 6, 8, here I am, Lord. Send me. I hear your call. I'm ready to go wherever you send me. Well, Saul, King Saul heard him talking so big. He said, but you're just a little boy. He's a man of war. He's been a man of war since you was born. He will demolish you. But David seemed so confident. It was something about his faith that even stirred the king. So the king says, well, you go then. Here, take my stuff. And he gave him his armor, and he put on all this heavy armor that didn't fit him, and gave him a sword, and he ain't never held a sword in his whole life, and his armor's dragging down, he's trying to, I said, this, this, I'm sorry, king, but this ain't going to work. This ain't me. Besides, I'm not coming in natural armor. And he went outside, and he picked up five smooth stones, and he put them in his little pouch, and all he had was a slingshot. And he goes walking out there. And he gets out there and big old Goliath sees him coming. And he's, uh, are you kidding me? You going to send a little boy out here to do a man's job? Oh, I'm going to cut your head off, kid. And I'm going to feed it to the fowls of the air. This will be quick work for me. And David doesn't say, well, you ought to see me go when I get going. I'm really fast and I'll probably sneak around behind you and hit you or something, you know. He's not bragging on what he can do in the natural. He's not trash talking. He's not talking what he thinks he knows. He's not talking about what he believes based on what he knows about himself. He begins to say what he knows about his God. In 1 Samuel 17, 45, it says, David replied to the Philistines, You come to me with a sword and a spear and a javelin. Okay. You're a big man. In the world's eyes, you're as big as they get. You got, you got big armor and stuff. I understand that. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of Heaven's armies. See, so we've, we've forgotten that there's power in the name of Jesus. The church has forgotten that we're supposed to be walking in the power of His name. The Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. In other words, I'd rather be standing in my shoes than yours because you have defied God Almighty. And today, today, the Lord will conquer you. See, the Lord was going to fight this battle. And once he conquers you, I'll, I'll kill you and cut your head off. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Oh, the Lord must have been... You know, it says that Jesus... I mean, that... that uh, yeah, Jesus stood up when he saw, saw Stephen being stoned. Standing up for his faith. Jesus was seated at the right hand of God, but he saw Stephen and said, He said, I see the Lord standing at the right hand of God. Jesus stood up for some faith down there. And I bet God himself stood up and said, you get them, David. You're a man after my own heart. You believe me when the whole world's running and hiding. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with a sword and a spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. See, the Lord, his battle... He, he don't fight in the natural. We got to do our fighting on our knees. We got to do our fighting in our heart with what we believe. We're trusting in God, not in our own situation. That's why I keep telling you, the church today don't want the Holy Spirit. Because they can't see it. They can't feel it. They can't, you can't touch Him. They don't understand Him. They just want to, well, we've got so-and-so amount of money. You know, we got six people that can do this, and, and they're, look, they're counting themselves by their own strength. Never once stopping to think that God is the one going to give us the victory. One little boy says, I'll take that nine-foot guy on. 
First, he had to speak some faith into Saul to even get to go. And then he, then he took his, his uh, speech to Goliath himself. He spoke to the mountain. He spoke to his situation. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to have to learn to speak to some things. I believe, therefore, I spoke. But his boast wasn't in himself. His boast was in the Lord. He believed God. He declared the thing. And then he ran to the battle. Now, can you imagine what was going through his mind when he's in his, his little tiptoeing across that valley with nothing but five smooth rocks in his pouch to face a nine-foot giant who's got on a full-body armor with a, a spear with a 15-pound head on it and the, and the beam is as big as a weaver's beam, and I don't even know what a weaver's beam is. And he's got an armor bearer standing in front of him. So it's really two guys. Against one. But you know what? That's what faith does. It steps out into the unknown. Just believing that, that God's aiming this thing. And all you got to have is the faith is a seed of uh, a mustard seed. A little pebble. Tonight's message is entitled, Here... Say and do. Hear, say, and do. Because you really need all three. That's the way faith operates. How are you saved? Saved by faith. Right? Saved by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's, it's something you didn't deserve, but what was your part in it? You had to believe it. Right? And so what happened? You heard the gospel. Here. And you, do, you received it by confession. With the heart man believes until right standing with God. But with the mouth, confession is made into salvation. So you heard it and you spoke it. To be truth in your life. And then you lived it. Now you live the rest of your life. By trusting in that grace and living on that faith. Right? So that's how you got saved. And what does God do? God speaks, then He listens, and He watches to see if anybody's going to put that faith into action. He, he speaks a thing, and then He listens to see if you'll, if you'll be so bold as to speak it. And who will actually do it? That's where we, a lot of us trip up. We hear it and, and we declare it, but we have no intention of ever doing it. But faith comes by hearing. What we speak reveals what's actually in our heart. And our faith is activated by our doing something. Acting on the faith. Now, can you back that up with scriptures? Well, I, I have endeavored to do that tonight. When it comes about hearing about your faith, Romans 10, 17 says, So faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So that's where the faith is built. You hear the word of God. I'm speaking, to, I, just, I just spoke the word of God right there. So faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So hopefully that's coming into your brain. And you're saying, okay, God says that, I believe it. You let it down into your heart. It's a seed in your heart. It springs up until to a point where next time somebody asks you, how do you get faith? You say, well, you got to hear the Word of God. It becomes a reality. It becomes something that you believe. Now, you are a product right now of all the things that you have believed in the past. What you believe about yourself is what you have become. Pretty much, right? What you believe you can do, that's all you'll do. You won't step out past anything if you only have faith to receive this much. You are what you... 
But, but what you believe about yourself all came from what you heard. What you believe in your life is came from the things that you've heard. If all you do is listen to the internet and conspiracy theories, then you're going to believe a lot of wacky out stuff. Right? You're just going to be all over the place. People be like, what? Okay, I got to go. Got to go. You know? Or, or if, if your parents told you that you're no good, you're stupid, you're dumb as rock, you ain't never going to be nothing, and you heard that over and over, got down in your heart, or, or like me, I, I just felt poor growing up. I always knew that we didn't have any money, and, you know, we were never going to have any money, and we always talked lack and poverty and so forth. And so I remember going to the mall of Memphis one time and thinking, man, I don't belong here. They're going to kick me out because they're going to I'm going to walk in, and they're going to see how poor I am and say, sir, you got to go. That's the way I felt walking into the mall of Memphis because I thought it was a hotty-totty place, you know. And some of, t- so, so some of you are like, it took me a long time to be able to go to a fancy place, you know, some, something nice like a Dillard's or something, and not feel out of place because of the way I felt about myself. Things I'd heard, the spirit life experiences I had. And so that begins to build an image on the inside of you. What you believe now stems from what you've been hearing. If you feed yourself on the Word of God, and you begin to build a new image about what you believe, about your situation, believe about what your God can do, you're going to begin to be a person of faith. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Doubt and unbelief and a bunch of squirrely thinking comes from listening to the radio or the TV or the whatever. Just listening, letting your ears take it all in. It says guard your heart. With all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. What you're letting in is being planted in your heart, whether your eyes or your ears or whatever. All that stuff is getting in, and you are a a culmination of all the things you've let into your gates. You have become what you have heard and saw and, and felt and experienced. But what if we begin to concentrate on the Word of God? When I got saved, I learned this, and so I set about to read the Word of God. And so this is my life. 22 years later, this is still my life. This is my life. I I can't go a day without laying my eyes on the Word of God. Most days I read four chapters. That's my, my basic day. When I was first saved, I got cassette tapes of the Bible. And I had whatever car I had had a cassette player in it. And I just... Listen to it over and over. There was a time when I had a a CD player or something beside my bed and would play the scriptures all night as I slept. There was a time I, I, I cut my teeth on the King James, you know. There was a time when I was listening to the King James so much that I found myself speaking in King James English in a regular conversation. Seriously. Chad, where's thou think we office to go? <laughs> what was that? I don't know how to do it in the Rocky Boys. <laughs> so, but those those were the times when I was getting out the junk. And put it in the real. That was a time of restoration in my life. And it's still happening. Still happening. There's still so much junk in there that I'm trying to get out. I still have days when I think, am I even saved? You know, I still feel poor. I still, you know, uh, have to battle the thoughts that have created this person that I am today. But God is ever renewing me. And the Word of God is transforming me. Be you transformed by the renewing of your mind with the washing of the water of God's Word. Wash all that dirt and filth of what you believed about yourself that wasn't true off so that you can live your real life. Your real life is hid with God in Christ Jesus. It's not what you thought it was. God has your real life for you. And you have to search for it, and you've got to believe God for it.
I don't think a person in here is just going to stumble into their calling, into their destiny that God created you to do. You're not just going to accidentally find it. You're going to have to seek God. He says, if you seek for me with your whole heart, you will find me. I know the plans that I have for you. Now you come to me and I'll tell you. But you're not going to. It's like saying, I want to go to. I want to go to Donna's house, but I don't know where she's lived, but that's all right. I'm just going to drive around until I find it. Wouldn't it be easier for me to ask where you live? <laughs> and some of us think that we're just going to stumble into our destiny without seeking God about it. And he's not going to let you do that. So we hear. What we hear matters. we got to hear the Word of God because that's what brings faith to believe God. And then I said you got to hear, then you got to say. So what, what does our saying have to do with it? Well, the Bible has a lot to talk about what we say. You know, you can read the whole book of James pretty much talking about the words of our mouth and how like a little rudder on a ship turns the whole thing. You can, think, you can have good intentions going this way, but your mouth just keeps turning you into the ditch. Right? Like a little spark kindles a whole forest fire. Your tongue is an unruly evil. Who can tame it? You know, all wild beasts have been learned tamed by man, but no one can tame his tongue, it seems like. We need to begin to speak what the faith that we've put in. You hear it. And it creates faith, but to reveal it, you got to speak faith. You got to, like when you got saved, God wasn't happy with you just hearing it and saying, okay. No, he, he wanted to, you to say it. He wanted you to say, Jesus, you're my Lord. It's impossible to please God without faith. You're not going to step into the things of God. He won't let you have it until you say it. And I'm a, he says right here in Matthew 12, 34. He, he's talking about these Pharisees and these guys. And it's all messed up. He said, you brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. See, your mouth is just revealing your heart. It don't take you long to talk to somebody. You, you realize where they're at because they can't help themselves. Now, you may be able to go a whole hour and a half at church on Sundays and not say something stupid. But if I was to spend any time with you, any time at all, let, let you know, let, let the door shut on your foot or something. We'll find out what's in your heart quick. When you're squeezed, you're gonna, something is going to come out. And you can't hide it. And so, But that's a good thing. Because you can listen to your own mouth and you can know where you stand. You can listen to your own conversation and you can say, Man, I'm really not operating in faith. You may look at your own mouth and say, man, my mouth is filthy. How can, how can I expect to be close to God when my heart is full of this kind of wickedness? The things that I say. Now, I'm not saying the thoughts that you have, the devil can give you bad thoughts. But when you deposit them in there and then they become stuff that you repeat back, then that shows you fellowshiped with them thoughts until they became part of your reality. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth leaks. It's going to say what's in there. A good man, out of a good treasure of his heart, brings forth good things. An evil man, out of the evil treasure, brings forth evil things. It's not hard to understand, is it? You can judge a tree by its fruit. But I say to you that every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it. In the day of judgment. We just don't really realize. The things that we say. How important they are. That's right. 
Every idle word is just throwing out stuff. You know, it says even a fool appears wise when he keeps his mouth shut. But some of us, blah, 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 blah. We would do well just to be quiet until we get a little faith in our hearts. If we ain't going to, did your mama tell you if you ain't got nothing good to say, don't say nothing at all? Well, God's telling you that right now. Keep quiet until, until you can uh, say something that's going to improve the situation. Don't just rehearse everything that's going wrong all day long. Because it's not helping. In fact, it is hurting you. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words, you will be condemned. So, so really, we judge ourselves. When we open our mouth, we're judging ourselves. If something good's coming out, then we're saying, hey, I've got a good heart. If we open our mouth and all we've got is slander and bringing somebody else down and gossip, criti critical spirit, judging other people, yang, yang, yang. Then we really need to check what our heart looks like on the inside. But see, we were, we were all once like that. We were all full of darkness and deceit because we were fooled. But God forbid that we should stay like that once we have the light of the glorious gospel on the inside of us. Once we know Jesus Christ and we, have, we know that his word brings life. <clears throat> is, it, is this making sense? I don't know if we're going to get to where anywhere, but that's okay. You know, for example... Somebody may come to me and say, you know, I want you to pray for me. I'm having, I'm having this pain or this issue in my body or something. Would you pray? I say, you want some healing? Yeah. Well, all right. Well, let's pray. Let's, we'll pray and we'll hook up. I say, God, I just, I believe by faith your word, 1 Peter 2, 24, that by your stripes we are healed. I believe that you shed your blood to offer us Standing in your family in a covenant rights as children of God to be healed, body, soul, and spirit. I believe you sent your word to heal us. Right now, we declare your word over our situation. And right now, by faith, in the name that's above every other name, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess, and this sickness right now must go in Jesus' name. And we pray in his name, amen. And they say, amen. And we have sealed it in prayer. And we have, we have declared it by faith. And they look at me and say, yeah, I'm going to the doctor next week. And they're saying it's going to be two weeks. But I'm hoping, you know, if everything goes all right, I'll be out in a week and a half. And, um, and you know, then maybe I'll start eating right. And then, then, then you know, if it doesn't. Why did I waste my breath? I mean, I understand. I mean, it's, it's, people just are used to talking what they see. They're used to hiding behind their pews saying, well, we don't have enough armor. But the best we can do, if he comes this way, we'll run fast. You know, and they talk what they see in the natural. And they just, they're just programmed to do that. But what I'm saying is somebody has to stand up and say, I'm going this way. I'm not going that way. I'm going to stand in the name of the Lord of Heaven's armies. I'm going to walk out across that valley when nobody else will. His brothers was trying to talk him out of it. The king was trying to talk him out of it. Everybody was trying to belittle him because he dared to believe God. And they'll do that to you. What, are you talking all that faith stuff? 
Well, who's going to? Matthew 21, 22, Jesus says, you can pray for anything, and if you have faith, you will receive it. That is a staggering statement. What is the condition? It don't say that you can pray for anything and have it. What's the one condition to that? If you have faith. So would faith be important? We can pray till the cows come home. But if it's not mixed with faith, we're just talking. If you're not hearing it, receiving it, speaking it, and then ready to act on it, then you really don't have faith in it. And that leads us to the third thing. You hear it, you say it, and then you got to do something. you got to act on your faith. You know what James says he said, what, in James 2.14, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but you don't show it by your actions? Oh, I believe that God is my healer. <clears throat> but nothing, you, you, you know, faith without works is what? Dead. Being alone. If God says the flood is coming, faith builds a boat. If God promised you that you're going to have a child, faith takes your junk room and turns it into a nursery. If God says it's going to rain, faith carries an umbrella. Just like last week, if Jesus says you're going to the other side, what? You might as well lay your head on the pillow in the back of the boat with Jesus. Instead of bailing. Faith has assurance. It gives us a sense of assurance. It brings peace to our lives because you're, you're basing what you believe on something bigger than yourself. It's the substance of things that you're hoping for. Faith always requires some sort of obedience. And it often requires something we don't like to talk about called patience. Sometimes you get your answer right away, but most times not, right? I mean, one of the reasons David knew that he could run across that field and meet that giant is because not many days before that, he had been anointed to be the next king of Israel. He knew he couldn't die in battle if he hadn't been king yet. <clears throat> So, but how long did it take for him to become king? He was a teenager when he got anointed. The Bible says he was 30 years old when he became king. So that was probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 13 to 17 years, somewhere in there. Took him before he became king. He was anointed. Can you imagine being drenched down with all that oil, saying, I'm going to be the king. You're going home. You're ready to move to the castle that day. But it took a long time before he got to the palace. What about Josh, uh, Joseph? You got to have patience through the pit and through the prison if you're going to get to the palace. Often God calls those things which be not as though they were. And you think, man, is it ever going to get to where they were? What he's saying. But you got to have faith to believe. Joseph, as a young man, had a dream. I see the sun and the moon bowing down and the seven stars, which were his brothers. I see them bowing down. They didn't want to receive it. People don't like when you have faith. They want you to be in doubt and unbelief with them. It makes them feel better. But somebody who stands up and believes God's word, you know, makes them look bad. But guess who they're going to come to when they need somebody to pray for them? All right, so... It's going to require some patience many times. 
And that's the hard part. You can you can believe for a minute. Sometimes we can work up enough faith for a minute, but the first thing happens, man, we lost our faith. You know, Peter had the faith to step out onto the water at the word of the Lord Jesus. Jesus said, come, and, and Peter said, here I come, Lord. He stepped out on the water, and he walked on the word of God. All Jesus said was, come, and he was walking on the water. But somewhere along the way, he turned his heads off, got his eyes off of Jesus, lost sight, lost his faith, and he began to sink. He looked at the wind and the waves. He studied the circumstances. Oh, yeah, I was going to go. I know he's got, he's got a weaver's beam over there. I'm, a, I'm not, I wanted to, no, 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 he's got that armor bearer too. I guess no way I can do it. And so Peter began to sink. But it says immediately, Jesus was there and he picked him up. Jesus, you know, I think Jesus would rather you get out of the boat than be with the other 11 that wouldn't even try to get out of the boat. He'd rather see you get out and fail, at least walk a little bit. He might be the only person ever walk on water besides Jesus. But he says, oh, you have little faith. Why are you still doubting? See, Jesus is astounded at our doubt. In his estimation, he's done enough to warrant our faith. <laughs> I mean, all the stars of creation are there. The firmament shows forth its handiwork. You know, it, everything is created for us to, to, to marvel at his wonder and his goodness and his godliness and his power and to know that he is for us. By seeing Jesus on that cross dying in our place for us. Man, we should have so much faith. And man, I, you know, I, I preach like, like I got it all together, but I'm in the same boat with you. Half the time I won't get out of the boat. And so I'm not preaching it from a place of that I've got it together and you don't. I'm just saying, I'm just trying to preach myself some faith. I understand. I understand. But maybe we can stir each other up because our God is good. Turn, if we got time, Mark 11, verse 22. So you hear the word of God. You get it in your heart. And out of your abundance of your heart, you speak the word of God. And then you do the word of God. Whatever he tells you to do. Whatever that sign of faith is. Whatever He needs you to do. Mark eleven twenty two says, So Jesus answered and said unto them, Have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, Whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he says will be done, he will have whatsoever he says therefore i say to you whatever things that that you ask when you pray believe you receive them and you will have them so the first thing jesus says unto them have faith in god that's sort of like the key to tonight's sermon right remember last night we had the key to life or last wednesday the key to life was believe god and do his will. Tonight we have the key to faith is believe God. <laughs> That's pretty simple, isn't it? Have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you. So once again, God speaks. He tells us to have faith. He tells us how to do it. We receive it. And then he says, I say to you, Whoever says to this mountain, he says, I say to you so you can speak to the mountain. I speak to you, you speak to the mountain. Some of us just throw up hopeful prayers. And we say, God, if you would, if you get a chance, if you don't mind, um, you know, take care of this and take care of that. <clears throat> but God's saying, you already have my promise in the Word of God about that. Why don't you speak to the mountain? 
Why don't you get my word in your heart and believe it, and then why don't you speak it out of your mouth? And he says, I say to you, whoever, don't matter if they're a little boy or a big giant, whoever says to the mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. What is the mountain? Whatever your obstacle is, whatever you're trying to overcome, whatever's in your way, whatever's stopping you, you got to learn to speak to it in the authority as a child, as a son and daughter of the Almighty King. He's trying to raise you up and understand that you have authority as a believer. <clears throat> and does not doubt, though. See, <laughs> Doubt is the hard part. Doubt of God's word may be one of your biggest enemies. James 1, 6 says about somebody, he says, if you need wisdom, you know, pray, pray to God for wisdom. He'll give it to you. God will give you. But he said, he said don't, act, don't ask in doubt. He says, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded and unstable in all his ways. It's like James says, you know, out of the same mouth comes bitter water and fresh water. It's not supposed to be like that. You're not supposed to be double-minded. Either he's God or he's not. Don't, don't pray God's word and say you believe it, but then turn around and undo everything you just said with your next sentence. Keep your mouth, say what you need to speak and keep your mouth shut until you see it come to pass. If you've got to say anything about it, don't keep begging. God's not asking you to be a beggar. Ask for what you want according to the will that you know is God's will, based on God's word. Receive it by faith. And from then on, you don't keep begging for it and, and that, because you're undoing what you, you said you received it, but now you're asking for it again. That's confusing. You said you receive it, now just thank Him for it. Now just continue to thank Him for what you... Lord, I, every time you get a little... Something in your belly says, oh, I need to go to God with that again. Well, don't go in doubt and unbelief. Train yourself. Thank you, God, that you heard my prayer yesterday. I thank you, God, it's on the way. I'm just in that, that, that patience period. I know that you're already working. I know that your word says it shall not come back void. I know that you sent the ministering angels to bring forth my harvest. Whatever you're believing, whatever you prayed, keep standing on it. Sometimes we wrap uh, all our doubt and unbelief in, in a form of prayer and we think we're doing good and we worry pray oh Lord I don't know how I'm going to make it God you're going to have to help me please Jesus come on Lord and, 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 and all really what you're doing is you're speaking doubt and unbelief in the form of a prayer now I know sometimes you've got to fake it till you make it or something but we got to recognize when doubt and unbelief is controlling our mouth. We got to begin to speak the word of God. That's where the life is. That's where the power to, for situations to change is. Some people say you get what you say, whether it be good or bad. Now, I personally do not believe that our words contain any creative power. Our words don't. But our words are heard by the Creator who longs to activate His Word based on the faith in our heart and the words of our mouth. I don't know if that made any sense to you, but
I said, I don't believe that our words as human beings have creative power. Some people believe, you know, that as Christians we can speak things into existence or whatever. I don't believe that. But I believe our words, when we speak God's words, He hears them. And the Creator is pleased by our faith and, he, and His Word is activated. He activates His Word out of our mouth. His words have creative power. He spoke the worlds into existence. He framed the worlds by the word of His power. And in many regards, it's like that for our personal life. What you've said about yourself in the past, you have framed your little world that you live in. You've put up the two-by-fours. You can't go over here because you're, you're poor. can't go over here because you're stupid. And you've boxed yourself in. What you believe about yourself, you've boxed yourself in. And God's saying begin to speak different things about yourself. Look, Find who you are in my word. Find out what I say about you. Find out who you were created to be. Begin to speak my word and, and, it, and it will unlock within you a new view of yourself and you will rise to a different level of what you believe about yourself. He told Abraham, he says, look at the stars, Abraham. Can you see how many of those? That's how many of your descendants will be. If you can grasp that, Abraham. He said, Abraham, look as far as you can see. As far as you can see, I will give it to you. And as far as you can see, God will give it to you. As far as you can see about your own situation, about your worth, about your ability. Uh, it's really not about our ability. It's about our availability. It's about our trusting God's plan. I mean, God can take any of us and turn the world upside down. But he's got to find the people that believe him. If you can believe God's word, there's no limit in what God can do for you. I believe we're going to stand before God and we're going to say, are you kidding me? I could have done that. If I would have only believed, if I would have only stepped out across that valley when you told me to. See, David didn't have to pay taxes anymore. David got to marry the king's daughter. He got to live in the palace. He, got, he became king because he believed God. Now, what's a little shepherd boy? How's a little shepherd boy from the middle of nowhere going to become king? How did even God even know he was there? God sent Samuel to anoint the boy when he was a boy sitting out in the field, but God recognized faith in the young man out in the field. Even his own family didn't call him in because he didn't play the part. He didn't look big in the natural. But God says, I don't judge according to what you see with your eyes. I judge according to the heart. And he knew that David had faith. David was anointed king as a young boy simply because he, he believed God. And that's what I'm trying to get you to see. We pigeonhole ourselves. We have labeled ourselves. We have held ourselves to this is all I'll ever be because of what we have spoken over our own lives. We have framed our world with our own negative words. And God says, all things are possible to him who believes. If you can trust me, we'll tear down those walls. Your possibilities will be as limitless as the universe that I created. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. It's time to quit. We'll just end with this. Does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things which he says will be done. Now, you really need to study that scripture. You need to you need, I mean, I know people who have preached on that scripture for 30 years as their main text and still getting nuggets out of it. Mark 11, 22, and 24. I know it's brought people up off their deathbed. Verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thy removed and cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, 
But believe those things which he saith shall come to pass, shall have whatsoever things he saith. If you can get the doubt out, if you can get the faith in, and you can speak it, and you can believe that you receive it, Faith is the substance. Faith is pulling things out of the spirit realm into my reality by my faith. It's the substance of the things I'm hoping for. I'll never get there without faith, but by faith I can have it. 2 Corinthians 4.13 will close says, And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe, and therefore we speak. But the question is, what are you believing right now? You're speaking it. You put the Word of God in, and what you believe will change, and what you speak will change, and then what you reap will change. The Word of God is your life. He says, my words are spirit and they are life. They're health to all your flesh. The promises in here will radically change the realities in here and in here. listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.